Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common that you get to sign a waiver promising you won't sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and obesity, dependent upon your job or role, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have any of these side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, and Happy New Year. That's yeah, the way to start that off. Year. Yeah, I always love how that starts there. Yeah. It does. It's But it's so, it's so freaking true. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I've got to say, though, Newsom did sign into law after a lawsuit, uh, a change in rules on... Um, uh, whatchamacallit, it's on uh, independent contractors. Independent contractors? Yeah, and let's get everybody not, panicked. Uh, actually, I read through it. It doesn't affect us in the least. Like Hollywood, nothing changes. I read the whole thing. Huh. It changes I knew it's, it's changing the. Well, uh, as far as, well, it's changing the hell out of the new media landscape. Oh, yeah, new media is fucked. Uh, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but old media, not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're just, everything's kind of like a temporary job, you know, here, there, and everywhere. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But that, well, I think independent, it sounds, I'm actually a huge fan of uh, the independent contractor rule because I Uh really do think it applies to Hollywood. Of all places, of all things, we really are independent contractors. um, And we fought for that because once upon a time, we were owned by the studios. So we unionized, we changed things um, to be contractors, to be independent. So when people, you know, talk about it not applying to Hollywood, I was like, motherfucker. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use that language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. So, oh, my God. Um, and, And my assistant, Alexis, actually has to count them. So she's going to kill Paul. Um, So we swear when we use bad language, we're doing it for charity. We are doing it to help children and animals. To help the children. Exactly. (laughs) We we swear to help the children. Um, I will say, though, Alexis right now has a GoFundMe going uh, for free MMA. She put it together. Uh, The guy that we support this gym, uh, it's run by an MMA fighter. He injured his back. So Alexis put together a GoFundMe because he pays all the expenses for this whole free gym that teaches martial arts from like pro fighters to kids and and seniors and adults and everyone at no cost. And so when he injured his back, um, his his sponsorships and everything get affected. 
So she put up a GoFundMe together for him. So I thought that was really cool. If you guys want to donate to that, go to GoFundMe.com backslash free MMA gym. Alexis is standing next to me, feeding me this line. If you can't tell anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll put it up on social media. Uh, and so, uh, I hope he gets well soon. All he's right. got his, his back to his much, much better. He has a fight on the 21st. So it'll be a lot better by then the 21st of next month. He's got a fight in San Diego. So he should be good then. And I just, I love that he does good things for kids. And that's, you know, that's why Paul and I cuss it's to give money to children. Um, so the independent contractor thing, jumping back to that, uh, we fought really, really hard when we unionized, when we did all of that to be independent contractors. So I find it interesting now that people are pushing back and saying, we're not, we're not, we're not. Um, well, yeah, the people, because unions and independent contractors are two different things. So it's the old growth union people that are fighting against this. Yep. It, you know, it's, and and it's understandable. They have pensions and health care and all that kind of thing to, to think about. Oh, I, so. I agree. I, I'm I'm union. I'm with two of them. So, and I know by you know being an independent contractor, it affects your taxes. It affects all of that, but it doesn't affect the unions because you're paying your dues to the unions. So that's what's paying for your stuff there. Um, I don't know. I just I like the new law. Uh, I find it a little shady that it doesn't affect Hollywood at all, but I'm going to put money on it saying there's a lobbyist out there that made damn sure it wouldn't. Well, I would say that, you know, as far as, but independent productions, I can see oh. them kind of take, taking advantage <laughs> of it, you know, because I mean, most movies, movie, I mean, well, what if you're hiring, what if you're an independent movie, you need to hire somebody for more than, what is it, 32 days? It's, oh, no, no, here, I'll pull it up. You can hire them for extended periods of time, as long as you're hiring them within their own capacity. Within their, what does that mean? Uh, here, I'll pull it up. So essentially, um, as long as you're hiring them within their job, meaning if you're hiring an instructor or uh, an actor or a lighting guy or whatever, mm -hmm. they can be independent contractors. As long as that's what they do in multiple places and you're hiring them as their own company or their own person versus as an employee. Huh. Yeah. Still seems a little confused. And this is more or less for the independent movies, not the studios, because the studios don't seem to be affected, right? It or, really, will the, uh, or will the studios find a way to take advantage of it? Already have. Mm -hmm. Took right 10 on minutes. Cue. Yep. It was... Uh, it was a it was a California Supreme Court decision, blah 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 blah. It was September thereabouts that it changed. It's right, really but weird. It's going into effect like today or tomorrow or something, like very yeah. soon. Right? Yeah. I think it was the first of the year. Mm. I think it's like first or second, because the first is always a holiday, so you know. There aren't enough people to enforce the new ones. I think. You know. So the, in, uh, the worker is free from the control and direction of the hirer in connection with the performance of the work, both under contract for the performance of the work. The worker uh, performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business, and the mm -hmm. worker is uh, customarily engaged in an independently established trade occupational business. Mm. See, yeah, because I mean, I now granted it was in a right to work state, but when I was in a different industry back in the 90s, I went to uh, work for one company who said, well, you're an independent contractor, which means you were responsible for, uh, you know, 
your vehicle, your clothes, your tools, your uniform, your, uh, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, you're supposed to have like, you know, a complete, you know, autonomy over what jobs you take from that, yeah. from that company. But the company wouldn't give you any jobs if you didn't take what they gave you. Yeah. So it, it kind of gave that company a reason to not have any of the responsibilities of having an employee and treating them like an employee. Well, people use it to avoid paying workers' comp. Mm -hmm. Among other things, yeah. So it's, I don't know. I I think, uh, I don't yeah, know. I think it's going to take about a year or two it. before we figure out exactly how the, how the higher-ups are going to wind up taking advantage of this. Yeah, but companies like Uber have sued, Postmates has sued, because um, it's completely destroyed uh, all of all of the app-based jobs. Yeah, because it's because now one an Uber driver can only work for Uber for thirty-two days. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So what is it? What is considered a day? Hey, is it an eight-hour shift? Is it a twelve-hour shift? Is it a four-hour shift? You know. Yeah, these but are none all of that. It's it's really vague. It's really vague. As usual. That's the point. Yeah, no, no, no. Why, why, why would the people in power want you to actually understand what you're what they're doing to you? I I get where they were coming from. I don't think it was a bad idea. I think it's been done wrong. I think yeah. it's penalizing people who who need it. And places that it's genuinely needed where people were taking advantage, it hasn't done squat. Yeah. Uh, especially, well, again, and, I, and of course, I think the Trump administration passed the Right to Work State, the Right to Work Act uh, on a national level, I believe. So I think it's a federal law now. See, I'm actually against the whole right to work thing. I, I lived still, in Arizona. Yeah. I, I watched what it did to people there. Arizona was a right to work state. And I just watched so many people get taken advantage of. It broke my yeah. heart. That's when, in the 90s, when I, I was in Florida at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, how can they do this? It's like, well, it's a right to work state. So, you know, yeah, yeah. the right to not work here. Oh, that was pretty much my choice. That's what it means. Yeah. It, it really oh. sucks. It really, really sucks. Yeah, well, on that load, people, we're going to find another way to screw you. All right. I know, right? Okay, so we've got like two minutes to break. We were supposed to talk about Brad Pitt and Jennifer, uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, and essentially mm -hmm. the judge yelling at her and telling her um, she had to stop trying to, you know, get him not to see the kids and spreading lies about him. Mm -hmm. um, and because uh, she started telling everyone that he was like this violent drunk and this and that, and it turns out she was lying, and the judge said to her, stop lying or you'll lose the oh. kids and stop trying to alienate him from the kids. And Brad Pitt hasn't said squat all bad about you her. Mean, so you mean you're, you're telling me Angelia Jolie might be a little bit crazy. Oh my God. She seems so normal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's interesting. Brad Pitt's been uh, hanging, spending his time now hanging out with uh, Jennifer Aniston. I was like, well, you fricked, you, you know, you messed that one up. Hey. Good buddy. She's pretty awesome. So, I, yeah. I like I yeah. like Jennifer Aniston. She is mm -hmm. chill. She is like one of the most chill people in Hollywood. Anyone. So if you guys have ever had any contact with anyone in entertainment, someone you'll never hear anything bad about is Jennifer Aniston, simply because she's so chill. She's like stoned most of the time, 
Um, ah. So she's really just like California <laughs> chill. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, no, I'm she like, really. I, she's open about actually, it. She spends her time drinking kale juice and smoking pot. Oh, uh, well, that's that's kind of your average Californian, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, when I worked with her, she didn't uh, never never seemed to get in the way. But you know, I didn't work for her very long. Well, I think it, I think it's really awesome. Like I I I'm, I think it's awesome. He left Angelina Jolie just because I have personal issues with Angelina Jolie. I kind of think she's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> just I know, shocking, right? <laughs> I can't say that. So yeah. right, yeah, she's a wonderful person. Uh, I'm sure she is, but she's been real pissed off and kind of talking a whole bunch of shit about him. And the judge kind of slammed her for it and said, stop alienating from the kids or you lose the kids. So that was what we were supposed to talk about this first half. Instead, we talked about the independent contractor thing. For those of you that are looking at doing uh, independent films, uh, hit us up on social media and we can sit down and help you kind of kind of navigate through it. Because you are going to still need to be independent contractors and hire independent contractors if you're going to do an indie film. Like, there's no way you can bring people on as employees. That's incredibly dumb. Mm, unless you just pay cash. Uh, yeah, but then you're still going to be taxed on it and everything else. So I go say go with independent contractor. It's doable. It really is. The laws have changed, but they can be navigated. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be on with a very, very special guest from Castlewood Cottages. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, who I totally forgot to... Uh, Introduce the beginning of the show because yay. Um, we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co of a co host, a little bit of a my co-host, host of Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and we haven't Ooh. heard and we haven't heard from Castlewood Cottages. I hope everything's okay. If you'll get a chance and you're going up to Big Bear, they are the coolest place. They're these themed um, cabins, essentially. You go in and there's like medieval, there's enchanted. Um, I went up and stayed there and had a look around. It's a great season, by the way, to be up in Big Bear. Go skiing. Check out Castlewood Cottages. There's been filming done. Uh, all kinds of stuff. It's really, really cool. So Google it, check it out. I'll put up some pictures. Um, since we do not have our guest, I'm really bummed. I'll have to check on her. Since we do not have our guest, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a book by Ronan Farrow that uh, Paul was reading and I haven't had a chance to read yet. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill, all about the uh, the genesis of the Me Too movement here in Hollywood. Uh, spends a lot of time talking about how about the Harvey Weinstein thing, which that is going to be a giant boil on our ass for many, many, many generations to come. What do you mean? Well, that's something that we're going to have. It's we're just going to have to own that one. Uh, he was a piece of crap, and we allowed that. And a lot of people in this town allowed that piece of crap to happen and didn't care that. He was doing all the things that he were doing, you know. I know, you know, like I said before, when the Bill Cosby thing came out, you know, I mean, sure, yeah, at the end of the day, this is just simply a matter of he said, she 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 said, it's over 50 complaints against this jackass. I also talked about how Harvey had leverage against NBC. Uh, where because uh, Ronan Farrell was on, uh, I think he was had a show on MSNBC uh, and or NBC Dateline or something like that. And uh, one of the reasons that NBC killed the story is because apparently Harvey had information about Matt Lauer. So no surprise. Yeah, everyone well, knows know. everyone's. Every, everyone knows everyone's business. That's not a surprise. True, but that is that is how. Uh, uh, Ronan's fair. Uh, Ronan's story was initially killed. Really? Killed, and then it had to go elsewhere. Up the top of my head, it doesn't, didn't matter. But it was supposed to be for NBC, either oh. NBC uh, plat, uh, one of their NBC primetime shows, or uh, MSNBC. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, it's a fantastic book, and wow. You know, and uh, the 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 wave of destruction that I, that Harvey left in his path, <laughs> and then just it. There's probably, I mean, at this point, there might be at any given moment there could be a couple hundred more Harveys out there. Uh, well, I can tell you, I have, um, I've had some experience with like there's there's one A-lister who, um, who didn't rape me, but he tried, and. 
he's been mentioned a few times. He's still working. No problems, nada. No problems at all. So, and I know other guys that have done it, not just to me personally, but to other people, and they're definitely still out there, still working, and still A-listers. Yeah, which I, I don't understand right now, because there's, there's a... Uh, the field is ripe for uh, uh, scum to be taken down right now. Well, if I said anything, I'd lose my job. It, it's that simple. Mm. Uh, you, you know who I'm talking about. Um, he's still big enough that if I said something, I, he's certainly more important than I am. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, that's 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 that's, that's, that's better. That, that's bad to hear because I mean, okay, I yeah. Uh, okay. There are certain there are certain people out there that that represent a massive amount of money that comes into the studios, and they'll seem to kind of like just take these guys just get to let the, to do whatever the hell they want. But, yeah, but, <laughs> it was worse in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so everything was worse in the eighties. I was there. <laughs> I wasn't born till the end of the eighties, Jesus. But technically, I counted. I was there. I was just young. No, you can catch young. you can catch AIDS from anything. Cocaine was everywhere. Uh, shoulder pads were high. Uh, so was the hair, and so were most of our parents. So that's just like how things were. Uh, Not mine, know. though. <laughs> Not yours. My, yeah, I was gonna say my dad. My dad was in the service. I don't think he was. My mom was a professional dancer. For those that keep asking me when I say she was a professional dancer, she wasn't a stripper. She, she, like, choreographed for Vegas shows. Yeah, that just seems to be the most uh, common place where dancers can get paid. She's never stripped. Her argument was she never had enough boobs to strip. I'm now, not, I'm not encouraging that she is, but, you know, we all have that stripper cousin, you know. But we may not have a stripper dancer for uh, on Broadway. I, like I will fact. say I do have a cousin um, on my mom's on the, on the American side uh, somewhere that actually was a stripper for a short period. Mm-hmm. It, it was just it was pretty horrific. We were my whole family freaked out. Now with with Ronan Farrow putting this out there, um, does he name names aside from Weinstein? Uh, it's basically going after the whole Weinstein thing, and as he's naming the names of the victims who are allowing him to be na- to use. Of course. Years, but uh, yeah, it's all about that. Lisa Bloom does not look good in this book. Uh, that is, of course, the, uh, was she was Harvey's lawyer who apparently took care of a lot of this stuff and kept things from going uh, from bubbling over, so so to speak. And for those of you who don't know, that is uh, uh, feminist uh, whack jobs. Uh, Gloria Allred's um, that's her daughter. So I wouldn't say this necessarily looks pretty good on the Allred family. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked. <sighs> I'm not there. I've always gotten the, and yeah, I'm probably going to get crap for this, that uh, th- the reason she stays so physically fit is because of the ambulance she chases after. <laughs> I, I mean, no. But... Yeah. <laughs> What's you know? It's like uh, oh god, who's that? That ah, uh, okay. The the uh, oh okay. Never mind. I lost it. But that was going to compare him to somebody else. Her to somebody else. Uh, 
who does that, who does the same kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just there. I don't get it. But mm. but yeah, those are the only real names because it's it, the whole thing is centered in on that. And Matt Lauer is mentioned because he's part of that. Well, Matt Lauer kind of. What's a nice way of saying turned out to be a total shit bag? It wasn't a surprise to anyone because it was a completely open secret. Is there a I nice way of saying that? I believe the nicest way to say that is, is somebody who turned out to be a shit bag because it wasn't a nicer way of saying it. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah, just go with that one. I don't know. I just, I think I'm just a little horrified. Like, little? A, li- a little bit horrified. Hear me out here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little horrified because you expect. Uh-oh. You expect I, I you expect douchebaggery. This is the only oh, thing yeah. I can come up with. You expect douchebaggery to a degree. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you're like, nah, too far. Like the 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 old fella, the one of the old fellas I worked with would always pat me on the hip, call me a sweetheart, ask me to get him coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm he's like he's the crypt keeper. I'm not gonna get pissed, I'm gonna get him coffee. But yeah, the, but but the A-lister that gave me the black eye and tried to bend me over a desk. Yeah, not okay. cool. like that, that. That's what I mean by different levels of, of, of douchebaggery. Like I, I'm not, and so everyone knows. Well, I'm one, out the crypt keeper. I yeah, this. Okay. I'm coming up with a light version that people complain about. I genuinely have no problem with that. I think he's from a different time, and he's an awesome guy. That's just my personal opinion. I think he's an awesome guy and he's from a different time. But I've had a lot of people complain about that. They don't like how he interacts with me. Um, or, you know, he'll turn around and be like, we are, we're diverse. We have a woman and a black. I'm like, please don't say that. People can hear you. Um, like, it's like, what? You're a girl? I'm like, yes. He's like, can we have a black? I was like, don't say that. It's like, what do I say? I'm like, Donnell. His name's Donnell. Um <laughs> so there's, there's inadvertent oh. mistakes because someone's from a different time. Like, yes, we're diverse. Look, we have a girl. Like, stop pointing at me and yelling, we have a girl, we're diverse. That's not going to work. Uh, like, we have a black. Stop saying that. That's, <laughs> that's inadvertent, you know, bad behavior. Uh, then uh, I've had yeah, on the flip yeah. side, then I've had the grabby guys. Like that, oh, I'm going to get too close. I've had too much to drink. I'm going to make a pass at you. You say no. I'm going to get a little handsy. Mm. I can even put up with that level of, like, th- that's when the actual douchebaggery begins. Like, I, mm. I, I can handle that because a stiletto to the side of the foot really stops that. It's, it's when you have the guys that try and, like, pull it out or try and get you to touch it. It, it just doesn't work. And everyone knows about it. That's where the problem is. It's the... There's, there's a cognitive dissonance. Hollywood wants to be progressive, but it doesn't want to lose its A-listers. And it, I think it really wants to put out the appearance of uh, you know, progressivism, but we're really an oligarchy here. Oh, very much, you yeah. Know? Yeah, there's like about, you know, maybe five or six people backed by about five or six different boards of directors that just simply just run everything here. It's true. I Paramount's my parent company, therefore I belong 100% to Viacom. Mm. That's it. 
no ifs, ands, or buts. I wouldn't say anything bad about Viacom. The best way I've seen it handled, though, was on John Oliver when AT&T mm. bought HBO. Um, he jokes and he keeps calling it, like, business daddy and making fun of AT&T. He's like, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Am I business daddy? It's really, really well done. Uh, similar to what David Letterman used to call the GE uh, guys a bunch of boobs, I think. I think when they owned, I think, I can't remember if he was with, uh, God, it's been, I'm really dating myself. That was either CBS or NBC. I can't remember which one. No idea. Well, I'm just saying, we, we all belong to somebody. Every, everyone's owned by somebody. You know, I'm not going to talk bad about Viacom. You know, and soon we're all going to be owned by Disney. So that's happening. Yeah, we might want to put some, uh, you know, some uh, uh, monopoly laws in place to prevent that from happening. We have them. They were torn down quite recently. Uh, they yeah, were very like, good, but there were some. And then they were put back up and then they were torn down and then they were put back up and then they were torn down. I'm just waiting to see if we're going to build or destroy now. They just take turns. Build, destroy. It's like the world's worst game of Jenga. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that, 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 uh, I think it was the, uh, the, the, the one that Barney Frank was involved with. Oh, that then that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dodd Frank. Dodd Frank. Yeah, Dodd, Dodd Frank. Frank. Yeah, that was... If you read Elizabeth Warren's book, now all the teeth was taken out of that before it hit the floor. Oh, the teeth have been taken out of all of them. All right, guys, we have to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Karen Fowler. She's a multi-Emmy award-winning executive producer, showrunner, and producer. She's got a track record of taking projects from development to production. She's absolutely fantastic. We're going to be talking to her when we come back, talking about all things Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of Melanchol Moderate, Paul Michael Boland, and we'll be right back after Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You 
are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of Milton Moderate, Paul Michael Bolan, and our very special guest, Karen Fowler. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, and happy 2020. Happy 2020. So I know we were talking um, during the break. I was explaining to you uh, what we call uh, the Sean Pla- it's, it's the Sean Patrick Flannerty rule. Um, we had him on the show, <laughs> and he's used, he, he used the F word 72 times. Um, quite organically, actually. So anytime anyone uses bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. And oh my this God, came up- I'm going to have to swear all the way. To- I'm going to have to swear the <laughs> whole time. Fuck. <laughs> well- <laughs> yes. Perfect. That's perfect. It's for the children. It's for the children. But we had to do that for because he. He did it so organically. Uh, we we just now call it the Sean Patrick Flannerty rule because he almost got us thrown out of Comic Con. So, <laughs> I'm well, we not were joking. on a loudspeaker. We were, <laughs> we were on a loudspeaker loud over Comic Con. Yeah. Um, so, I'm kidding. I love him. He not over the entire place, just over that corner. There's <laughs> a lot of I, things happening in that corner. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fantastic guy, in all seriousness. Now, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? You work in kids programming, um, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I love, love kids programming. Yeah, I worked in kids programming for most of my career. Uh, I spent years of Sesame Street, uh, working. Uh, I built the reinvention of the Electric Company under, and I got to work with uh, Joan Cooney directly as a mentor, who is one of the, you know, one of the change makers, one of the people that really set uh, TV on from the kids' point of view in motion, and um, just incredibly bright. And so I brought that back and it was a, you know, was an incredible experience working with young talent of the moment in New York, which included at that time Lin-Manuel Miranda and Tom Kale and um, a group of guys that were off Broadway at the time with their own impulse. So, uh, so, um, so my career has gone uh, in a variety. I've been at Nickelodeon. I've been at uh, as I said, Sesame, I've been at Spin Master, which is a toy company, uh, one of the fourth largest, I think, toy companies, uh, kind of looked at under the hood at how, you know, from a, from a Sesame point of view, you look at how to create stuff that is educational. From a toy point of view, you look at how you can get kids to buy stuff. I spent 15 years at Sesame and I spent 10 months at Spin Master, so you can get a sense of where my, you know, my, uh, my, 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 my heart goes. Um, and I'm working as a VP of development for a company called Nine Story Entertainment Media, which is an 1,100-person company. We have um, CG Studios in Dublin. They do some of the most incredible kids' work, including Doc McStuffins, and uh, and the uh, they won they they've been up for two Oscar shorts. Incredible people there. Uh, we have an animation studio in Toronto, one in Bali, and then we have our New York studio people that came up with Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and Blue's Clues. So it's a really interesting time to be in the industry at this, what was a small Toronto company and now it's become one of the bigger players in kids' TV as an independent producer and distributor. 
and uh, my 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 remit is really to look at animation and live action from little kids right up into prime time. I'm currently working on a prime time live action series that's in development with a broadcaster, and um, yeah, and I love it. So, uh, along the way, I've uh, worked. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so what I'm getting from this is you're like an all-around badass. You've done every aspect <laughs> of this. That is, that's really incredible. Now, why kids? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to kids. I, I can tolerate some kids. I'm sort of afraid of working with them yeah, because yeah, yeah. kids and animals are really difficult, in my experience, to work with. Um, and I know one other person that works uh, in kids, that was uh, Dev Ross. She wrote Land Before Time, Darkwing Duck, but she was a writer, so she didn't actually have to get near the kids. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how is it for you? How do you get around? Uh, how how is it for you working on on these productions that do actually have kids on them? Because it's not just for kids. Some of these have kids in them. Yeah, they do. Um, it's pretty fantastic because, like all people, including kids, they have um, not you know not all people are incredibly interesting, but the people that you tend to kind of gravitate towards and become uh, spokespeople or become talent generally speaking, have something interesting that they want to do with their lives and with their world and with, and with their stories. And, um, yeah, I think if you just get up and close, up close and personal with people, uh, including, you know, kids and find out what they care about, you can really, you can change, they can change you and you can elicit some of the most authentic, real conversations, uh, that remind you of, like the truth of spontaneity and the truth of comedy that is not like a setup and a joke the way we would do it in a writer's room, but in a more unique way because, you know, kids' humor is, it can be, you know, it can be certainly like plot point, plot point, plot point, let's give them the, you know, the fart joke, but it can also be much more inventive than that. And when you're up close and personal with kids in conversation and dialogue and actors, you can really elicit that kind of particular authentic timing. So what I'm what I'm hearing is what Paul has tried to stress for me to me for years is kids are people too. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting. True, it's true. <laughs> uh, Paul's, Paul's, been trying, <laughs> Paul's been trying to stress this for years. Children are people. They're on their way there. They're just <laughs> not there yet. That's it. So yeah. Well, what's the difference between working in children's programming and working in? Uh, in in uh, I, I don't want to say regular programming because it's all programming. Is it is it? Um, well, I mean, more? there are rules, right? I mean, in the kids' world, there are rules. Like you're not it's depending if you're doing little little, uh, you know, up until about teenagers, you, there's rules about what you can and can't do, and it, so it sort of keeps the the it keeps you honest because there's really boundaries you can't push. The older they get, the more you can push, the more, you know, kind of developmentally the needs are different, right? When they're little kids, their developmental needs are really pretty um, basic, but that doesn't mean they're they, that, that boring necessarily because they are the most intelligent people on the planet. You know, they come to the world and they have these big open brains and, um, you know, as long as we don't just try to create the next generation of widget people, then, you know, you can really do pretty, pretty inventive stuff. And as they get older, their developmental needs are different, right? They want, when they're sevens and eights, they want to, they're kind of leaning out of their families, but still safely grounded in them, finding their peer voice. And then as they get older, 
hormones and sex and, you know, other stuff becomes much more interesting and important. So there are different stories and different, there are different stories and needs at each kind of developmental stage. And, you know, you're trying to create authentic stories that, and characters that really connect with people at different ages. Now, now the, the, the selling sex thing, that's all I do. I sell sex and violence. So it's really refreshing. <laughs> it's really refreshing. Part, yeah, that's, that's the easy part. It's I like that. So kids, uh, kids media has to rely more heavily on story, I suppose, than, than CG sex and violence. violence. Yeah, I sure as hell hope so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you know, you can trade the, uh, the kind of the sex and violence in the older for, you know, kind of pablum TV to formulaic TV. So it's not like, you know, in any medium, you're really looking for people who care about character and writing and connecting and, there are, you know, there are people who do it really well for audiences, and there are people who kind of lean on tropes. No, I get that. I, I think I lean on product yeah. placement, so I'm, I, I definitely wouldn't be uh, one to ever <laughs> listen to in that that arena. Um, now, if someone wanted to sell you programming, uh, yeah, or it, what what are you looking for? Something I get asked a lot. Um, they'll ask my mom. She comes on the show. She's in, actually in entertainment as well. She's been here far yeah. longer than I have. Um, she was a dancer, yeah. and she put together a, a dance show called Let's Dance USA. And one of the most common questions, because um, it's a kid's dance show that people ask, is how do you get a kid's show out there? And my response is, yeah. oh. <laughs> like, oh. Because <laughs> um, yeah. my go-to is take your top off. That's apparently very inappropriate. Um, I'm, I'm kidding, but to the guys on Twitter that keep writing that, shut up. Uh, how, when it comes to kids programming, how, if someone has an idea, do they get it out there? Is it the same as any media now or is it different? Well, I mean, I think as we know, the media landscape is changing, but there are still like it's my job. I take pictures all the time I and I'm looking for, you know, original characters, unique stories that connect or something that is, you know, a kind of a brand that is known that we can take back or a book that is loved that we can adapt, you know. I think that's probably pretty uh, pretty typical across um, across audiences. Um, yeah, or, you know, you can, you can go find a YouTube star uh, somebody, or somebody who already brings an audience with them, and that's a much faster way to make things happen. I mean, anytime you bring talent into a room that has an audience already baked in, whether that's, hey, there's a book property, hey, there's a YouTube star, hey, there's a this, hey, there's a that, um, um, it makes the journey much easier. Now, what kind of ideas are you looking for in children's programming? Thank you to, yes, Twitter people. Uh, Thomas, the tank engine has already been done. No one wants to redo that. Um what? <laughs> Sorry, they're like, what about a new Thomas the Tank Engine with explosions? I'm like, and done. Conversate with no more bad Yeah, Twitter. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, what do you look for when it comes across your desk? What is, what hits you? How does it, t- like, I know what I look for is what's, of course, what's going to be the most profitable. But for you, what catches you? Well, I, you know, comedy is the thing that, you know, comedy needs itself. In kids, comedy and music sells. Um, you can deconstruct some of the most popular shows right now. And, uh, well, outside of comedy and music, you could also say uh, in preschool, you can look at Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is kind of peril 
for little kids. So there's an aspirational quality within a formulaic kind of structure. That's, that's how that one gets going, and it sells a lot of toys, and they're super cute, right? Boom. Um, and I think they really did, with, along with PJ Maxx, they did really, they did Carol really well. Peppa Pig is just kind of an anomaly. A bunch of really funny uh, writers from the adult world came together and wrote a kid's show, and it's bloody funny. So that thing is, no one can say why that's the phenomenon it is, like in, in terms of checking a bunch of ticks, but it really works for the audience. Um, you know, it's a kind of a familiar family setting. The, the pigs laugh with snorts, automatically funny. It's written by really funny it's really funny adult writers that have just kind of transferred the comedic, the comedy that they, they see in their own homes. And so it works on two levels for adults and kids. And I think, that, you know, the, the thing, go ahead, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, I was going to say, now that's something, um, again, uh, I'm going to jump back, uh, Div Ross, she's a writer, uh, Land yeah. Before Time, Darkwing Duck, she wrote Tailspin, and she said the hardest yeah. thing she ever had to do was try and get something that parents you know, that wasn't mind-numbing for parents, especially when you're dealing with yeah. little, little children. It's totally. uh, one, It's wanting something that still engages the parents. And she said yeah. um, that that is the hardest part from, from, her, from a writer's perspective. I know it's very different from yours, but that's something you yeah. look for as well, something that, that the parents can engage in. Yeah, because you don't want to make something that's just, you know, pablum for the children. Like, if it can really... You know, there's a show that we make called Daniel Tiger's Na- Neighborhood, and it's really the Fred Rogers. It's Fred Rogers now reconceived as an animated series, and um, and it has a lot of tools within it that parents can use with kids, like calm down tools. And but it's done in a like in a non didactic way, so it's you know contextualized in a story around a character's need, and it feels really true to the moment. And Parents are drawn to it because it's useful in their own lives, and it's not. It's also not grating. It's beautifully done, and it's visually really, uh, really beautiful too. So, Alec um, on Twitter, Alec on Twitter wants to know: You look for intelligent programming for children. How do you feel about Teletubbies? Well, you know, Teletubbies works, right? Uh, there's. <laughs> I think um, Anne has done. She's a, she's a particular. She's a particular point of view. Uh, she gets kids at a particular space in a particular space, and so I think that's a show that only Anne could make. And so, from one point of view, I could say that's a creator vision, and that creator connects with kids. So there's beauty in that. I gotta say, I, I'm. This is gonna be. This is gonna be what I. I I'm gonna say this, and I know. I'm about to get some hate on 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 that on Twitter. I actually liked Teletubbies. Yeah, I watched it. I liked it. So um, you'll need to stop hating on Teletubbies. The, <laughs> the I, I'm sorry. I liked Teletubbies. What's your favorite project you've ever worked on? Oh wow! Um, I think probably the Electric Company. It was just you know it was magnificent. We had a single camera live action, shooting in the streets of New York. We made a studio in Newark. We worked with some of the best up-and-coming talent and talent and created, you know, like a pocket full of H's with Jimmy Fallon that was like this rock and roll anthem around what you can do with the letter H. And um, it was just really, really full. And I had, you know, I was the head of, I, I was in charge of it creatively, so I had my hands on every piece of it. 
and the team that we had assembled was just, it was radical. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. I like that. Now, what's, yeah. what's been your hottest experience? Ooh, well, you know, I think one of the hardest, well, I mean, doing Electric Company was super hard, too. Anytime, any, everybody knows, whenever you're doing live action, I mean, animation is certainly a, a medium where you can sort of have a family because, you know, it just takes time. You're not, you're not sitting on a, on a set where money is burning and you're trying to get a shot, right? Yeah. Still money is burning and you have to be, you have to be conscious, but it's not the same animal. So I think in some ways live action is so tasty and so satisfying because you're creating stuff with people in the moment. Um, and I think that's probably, that's one of the hardest things. I think the other thing that's been hard, like leaving when I left Sesame, I mean, I had a great 15 years there and it was just being in a place where you automatically are around people who are thinking about how they're contributing to kids' lives and also kind of saying kids are the smartest people. They're just short. They're just short, <laughs> but they're really funny people. Like the, a, a, a massive respect for kids that came out of the tradition of Jim Henson and, you know, all of those brilliant people that began that show was just, um, that was a high point. And so leaving to kind of restructure my life to make myself more available for my daughter. It's been a journey to try to find like who are my people in the next in the, the next kind of work experience. And I and I have just found them so I super I'm really happy about that. But I would say for anybody, you know, find your people that you really jive with and and keep pushing each other to and make your and just make stuff. I mean that's the bottom line, right? If you keep making stuff, you will find something that you're passionate about, and you'll run down a story that really matters to you. And if it matters to you, it's going to matter to somebody else. Uh, that's incredible advice. I was going to ask what advice you would give to people trying to get into the entertainment industry, but that was fantastic. I mean, that was oh, really yay. good advice. Yeah, you, well, usually yeah, the advice well, people give other people is like, don't get into entertainment, it's hard. But that's really good advice. What? Well, we live story? in this incredible moment, right? We can all pull out our phones and we can create stuff. And a lot of it is junk. But you know what? Get through the junk and keep going. It's true. And I, 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 I completely agree with that. I make a lot of junk. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds terrible. I make a lot of terrible products. Um, but when I get something good out there, I'm I'm really happy with it and I'm really proud of it. So it does. Yeah, it makes, there's nothing like that, right? Difference. There's nothing like nope. that when you make something that you just know works. And it, 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 you know, you're so proud. It's awesome. I like that. I'm what glad do you guys brought the electric company back? Because you know, that's one of the few kids shows out there that isn't just a massive uh, toy commercial. It's true. Yeah. 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 What made you decide to bring that back? Experience. Well, you know, I was sitting at Sesame and I was doing, I was working on, uh, at the time I was doing Japanese Sesame, like being executive, going back and forth. And we had this beautiful, it's, it's their IP, right? Sesame Workshops owns that IP of Electric Company. And there's very few things like that. And people had tried to bring it back. And then so I just started to deconstruct what were the uh, essential elements of that original one which was music of the moment, you know, really uh, a current vibe, adults not talking down to kids. Like there was a lot of elements that I could deconstruct and then say, what does that mean for today? Uh, and so that's kind of how that began. And 
you know, they gave me like, there was like $17,000 left in the development budget at the end of the year. And so I, you know, I said, please get that to me, you know, put my, got some equipment, got it in my car, drove up to this Boys and Girls Club in, Club in New York and shot with these guys from Freestyle Love Supreme, shot this little, little video uh, and some, uh, you know, trying to make authentic hip hop be the language of teaching. Um, and that's, that's how it started. So, and then just turned it into this wonderful labor of love with this radically cool crew and, you know, beautiful moments in life. I have to say one thing I find, I read a lot of, a lot of scripts. I listen to a lot of pictures and something that drives me up the wall when I read, uh, kids programming is people really, they're they're really condescending towards children and talk to them like they're little morons. And that drives me up the wall. Um, I, I have a daughter, I adopted her. She's 12 now. She was six when I got her. And at six, she couldn't sit through some of these programs or I'd read these scripts to her. I'd talk to her and she'd look at me and ask why they think she was dumb. So I think it takes a very, very, very special person, not just to be able to write for these shows, but to produce them and direct them because you have to respect kids. You have to genuinely respect kids. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, one of my pet peeves is when I'm reading scripts is like, stop with the exclamation point. Every sentence, every piece of dialogue does not have to end in an exclamation point because it's a dialogue in a kid's show. It just drives me bananas. Like, it just isn't necessary, nor is it necessary to describe everything in language because the benefit of whether it's automation or live action, I mean, it's a visual medium. Give them some respect. It's it's true. (laughs) It's very, very true. Now, we've got about three minutes left to the show. Where can people find okay, you on cool. social media? If they want to follow you, everyone go follow her. She's really, really awesome. Um, and we didn't. Oh my and we God, didn't I, even... I, I'm so terrible at social media. I'm, I'm on Twitter. How about that? I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on like LinkedIn. I'm on those kinds of things. Where am I? We'll, um, we'll put up a link to your Twitter so everyone can find you. Um, we oh, didn't so ask sweet. a lot of questions from... Uh, from from Twitter, and I've got people complaining, so I'm going to try and hijack you back on the show if you're willing to do it. Um, oh, it's lovely to talk with you, yeah. Perfect. See, now I have written uh, confirmation, so you're stuck. It's a legally binding deal. Um, you, you have to come back on because we didn't answer any of the Twitter questions, really, except one. Don't we really run that through legal? We keep saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, making, I'm, I'm making this up. Shh. <laughs> Um, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, what is your Twitter? Uh, it is, I'm looking at it now. It's Karen E. Fowler. That's me. You so can guys, see me and you'll see a picture of my daughter and I are, you'll see in my little, uh, my little photo is my daughter and I. So that's how you'll know. Okay. It's so me. guys, check her out. Okay. We'll put up a link. I do want to give a quick shout out Beautiful. to Cartel Coffee Lab. Um, specialty coffee roaster. Thank you. In t- uh, began in Tampa, Arizona. Thank you for all your help. Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for making me red carpet ready. Off-road rentals. We have a giveaway. Tell me what show Karen Fowler started on and I'll give you a free ride at off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California or a, flo- a float at any True Rest float spa courtesy of True Rest, Sedona or Las Vegas, but you can have it at any, uh, True, Re- at any True Rest float spa. Um, thank you uh, to the new Palm Springs diet. You guys know Dr. Russ. It's a great way to get skinny. Castlewood Cottages in Big Bear. Go check it out. 
And uh, Paul, where can everyone find you? Uh, you know, Facebook. I'm around. He's around. Everyone, oh, yeah. you, you guys know where to find Paul. Um, thank you so, so, so much for being on the show. I got caught up, literally didn't say thank you to the people that made me look pretty on the red carpet. Jump to you instead. But it was really great talking to you. Um, I think kids programming is really important because it does. It affects it affects the way kids grow up. So I, yep. I love that. I think I think it's great. I grew up on a lot of the shows we were talking about. Thank you so, so very much for joining us. Um, and we're going to rope you thank into you. back on again. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for bye joining bye. us. We'll see you next week on Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helly. Thank you again to Karen Fowler and my co-host, Paul Michael Bowen. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.